And I, for one, think that those conservative players should be punched more often. Welcome back to Where's My Stick? I'm Danielle. I'm Kelsey. I'm Christy. And today we are going to talk about the shit show that is the NHL. <laughs> when we like planned to record today, we were going to complain about the Penguins, but <laughs> so much has happened. And obviously, we wouldn't be us if we didn't talk about what was going on um, in sports and specifically to the NHL. So a few players in the middle of this week, Wednesday, decided to protest. And it started started out pretty much with the NBA. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks refused to walk out onto the court to protest the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, George Hill, who is a Bucks player, said, first of all, we shouldn't have even came into this damn place, to be honest. He's not wrong. And they said, uh, coming here took all of the focus or the focal points off of what the issues are. And so following that, a lot of other NBA teams followed suit and the NBA suspended games on the 26th and was hoping to resume play on the 29th. Then we saw um, the WNBA, which they, uh, before this even, or before the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, released their statement, um, a lot of the Washington Mystics players walked in um, with shirts that had uh, Jacob Blake's name on it. And then on the back, it had seven like bullet holes. And then they decided to postpone their games uh, until the 28th. Um, and then we saw it was kind of like a domino effect and um, other leagues decided to do the same. MLS postponed some games. MLB, some games played and then other teams decided to protest. Um, football teams, uh, they had practice. Players decided not to come to practice to protest. Just really to take a moment of silence to amplify what happened to him. Like this attempted murder, pretty much. And then we have the NHL that did none of that. Uh, they planned to have a moment of silence for Jacob Blake. And it did not go well. They scheduled it for their second, their two remaining games. So on Wednesday, um, the Flyers and the Islanders played like early in afternoon games. So by the time all this happened, it was like kind of around 6 or 7 p.m. And the NHL and the NHL players decided to continue with uh, playing the game um, while other leagues decided to postpone their games. And um, during the Tampa Boston game, they had like a moment of reflection and on the jumbotron, they had end racism, which is a nice graphic that they like to use. Um, and they got like a lot of backlash and decided not to do that during the Dallas against the avalanche. Yeah. Like let's, before we go into what happened the next day, like, what are your what are your thoughts on on everything that happened Wednesday night? Well, I didn't know this, but I guess that the NBA players' um, strikes are banned from their CBA, which is that's a little sketchy to me. But they decided to strike anyway, so they were going against their own best interests and their own like contracts, and they could have had like a lot of ramifications for that. Um, I haven't seen anything about that moving forward, but it doesn't seem like they're like all their contracts are going to be like turned off, I guess. But the NHL 
like I'm not like I feel like I should be surprised at their reaction but I'm not necessarily because it's just like I'm just more disappointed because last time like when the whole George Floyd thing happened it felt like we had turned a corner and this was like the first time for the NHL and NHL players to kind of prove that like what we said two months ago wasn't just lip service and they just didn't so I mean until a day later when it wasn't as impactful but whatever yeah I mean I think it was a huge missed opportunity for the players to make good on you know everything that they said um everything that had been addressed during the um like unrest and protest that took place for George Floyd um and yeah I mean I it's not I was not surprised that the um NHL didn't do anything day of and really didn't do anything it seemed of their own accord you know it seems like everything that they do is reactionary and they need either other leagues other sports leagues to lead the way or they need like fan pressure because like even tennis players and um golfers were like making decisions not to play in their respective you know championships playoffs um before I think a single uh NHL player you know spoke out I think we'll get into it but like and they all blamed you know well we're in this bubble well step outside for a minute like you claim that you've been listening and learning and like have you only been listening to like your teammates like I don't understand it's yeah it was a missed it was a big missed opportunity um and I think their hands were forced to kind of um postpone these these last two days players and the NHL were kind of being like well you guys go first you go first like they were kind of waiting for someone to go first to be like well what are we gonna do until like Evander Kane and like outside pressures and stuff kind of forced them to be like yo like what the what the fuck are we doing here so it's just a disappointment all around yeah and I feel like this is like really cemented that um even that players can't wait for the NHL to act and that like it's on them and unfortunately it seems from you know what we've heard and what some different players have said that it's falling on you know black players to to do this which it shouldn't be and um you know I think Evander Kane uh did give a statement where he said you know hey it can't always fall to black players to make these statements so I mean hopefully moving forward there's some more self-awareness but who can say very much seemed like it was outside pressures because I felt like after Wednesday night, like you said, Kelsey, it was a missed opportunity. A lot of people, like the NHL got a lot of backlash, not just from their fans. It was people, other people in sports, other fan bases. And it was kind of, you know, that it was a moment where it was like, either you're for us or you're against us. And there's no, like, there's no opportunity to be neutral. So yeah, it, it seemed like Thursday morning, um, it seemed like everything was reactionary and uh, there was a 100-player phone call with um, Matt Dumba and Evander Kane. And um, it was said, like, the hard part for me is that, like, when this all started going down, you heard so many, like, conflicting tweets, right, from people who were 
talking to sources. So like one tweet said that like there were players like Scott Lawton and JVR and Kevin Shattenkirk who reached out to Chris Stewart and then got in touch with uh, members of the HDA. And then you had another tweet that came out that said like, yeah, they reached out, but it was really the Canucks and the Golden Knights that said that they weren't going to play. Um, and that's what like kind of pushed other players to postpone the other games. The one thing that was really clear to me was uh, uh, Chris Johnson tweeted out that Bill Daly said that he doesn't expect the league to initiate a game stoppage um, and the player it would be it would have to be player motivated, basically. And, you know, I think that's a really important part because people are saying like, oh, this is player motivated, like this is the player stepping up. And, you know, that's that's great. But, like, it just shows the NHL is not going to do anything. Like, the NHL is not a league that is going to be at the forefront of change. And that's so blindingly clear. And this was just another example just to solidify that. Yeah. And, like, what a shitty thing to say and do. Like, put all the blame and onus on these players when it's just, like, you are my employer and you've never given me a reason to believe that if I say something that goes against the grain, like, it will be welcome. Like, they find coaches all the time if they disagree with, like, an offside call and they, like, swear at rest for it. So, like, I, I mean, I'm, i like, not understanding why you would – I mean, I do understand why you would say that because you want to push the blame onto someone else. And I think – I think I remember I saw, like, Zidane Char or something – or somebody say something that, like, it's not, not like it's not fair, because, like, these are grown men, but for somebody who is a higher up in the NHL to be like, yeah, like, our players, they can decide to do this, or they, or they cannot, when we all know that the NHL is very, like, controlling and micromanaging. So, like, I really did not like that statement at all, even if the players weren't going to do anything by themselves. It just doesn't sit right because it's like the NHL is like, oh, yeah, no, we support our players if they feel like they need to express themselves. But like everyone knows hockey culture, they beat out like self-expression. Like it is you have to follow uh, with the team. You have to all be one. Like you have to all do the same things. And any type of self-expression is just like completely frowned upon and can ruin your career. So one part of me just wonders if, like, they thought the players weren't going to do anything. And then that way, if they when they don't do anything, like, they can blame the players and the NHL can, like, skirt the blame. And it's just like, you're a coward. But, like, you know, I say you're a coward, but then also if that's how they feel, like, if they don't want to participate in in human rights. Then say that. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't. I don't know. I mean, their actions basically show it. I don't know what more proof I need, but yeah. Yeah, but they like to like teeter totter in this like, oh, we don't we don't have a position, or we're not gonna say that we have a position, but but then like people missing people are gonna misinterpret your actions. Like we're not mind readers. Like yeah, actions yeah. do speak louder than words, but like eventually you're gonna have to say something. Like say it. Yeah. You don't want to, if you want to separate politics from sports, whatever, in whatever fantasy land you're living in, just say, say that. 
And then I'll take my money elsewhere. <laughs> the crazy part is that, like, I don't know. Everyone says, like, keeps pol- uh, politics out of sports, but, like, human rights. It's, like, it's human rights. Like, that's not political. That's just, like, I don't know. That's everyday life. Like, I mean, I don't yeah. know. And, I mean, politics have been parts of sports forever. So, it's, like, I feel like yeah. people should know what they're getting into, you know, even if you did consider this a pol- political issue, which it isn't, like Danielle said, it's a it's a human rights issue. But like, even so, I mean, you have Muhammad Ali, you have, you know, all these different momentous Olympic things, you know, Miracle on Ice, um, Jesse James, you know, you just you there is a precedent for there being po- politics in sports. So, I mean, what what do people expect? And this is just, like, a broader thing that doesn't that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with sports. But, like, nothing exists in a vacuum. Yeah. Like, what? Like, you can't just be, like, oh, this is sports and it has nothing to do with politics. When, Kelsey, when you brought up the miracle on ice, that was very, very political. That's why they were so happy that they beat the <laughs> Russians. Like, <laughs> because of the Cold War. Like, what are we even saying? Like, and if we really wanted to keep, like, politics out of sports, there would be so many things that would not happen during games. And yet, we're here. So, I'm just not understanding. Yeah. So, to continue on on Thursday, we heard, like, tweets and rumblings about how the players are canceling Thursday's games and Friday's games. Or not canceling, postponing those games in solidarity with the other leagues that decided to postpone their games like this was around i think around 10 a.m and it wasn't until 6 p.m that the nhl the nhlpa released a statement so uh the nhl public relations tweeted out uh this is a statement from the nhl players association and the nhl after much discussion and NHL players believe that the best course of action would be to take a step back and not play tonight's game or tomorrow's games as scheduled. The NHL supports the players' decisions and will reschedule those four games beginning Saturday and adjust the remainder of the second round schedules accordingly. Black and brown communities continue to face real and painful experiences. The NHL and the NHLPA recognize that much work needs to be done before we can play an appropriate role in the discussion centered on diversity, inclusion, and social justice. We understand that the tragedies involving Jacob Blake, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others require us to recognize this moment. We pledge to work to use our our sport to influence positive change in society. The NHLPA and NHL are committed to working to foster more inclusive and welcoming environments within our arenas, offices, and beyond. Lip service, sure, but like... Why did it take all day to say that? To put that together? <laughs> like, they had word about this at 10am and this was released at 6 o'clock and the games were supposed to start at 7. And I'm just like, all of that for this? Maybe someone took a really long lunch break. Maybe. You know, after the release at 6pm, the we got media, player availability and for the Eastern Conference it was one player from each team. So there was four players and it was their NHL PA rep that was the player available for each team. So um, 
For the Islanders, it was Anders Lee. For the Flyers, it was James Dreamsdyke. Um, for the Bruins, it was Chara. And then for the Lightning, it was Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, Kevin Shattenkirk. And they came out and they had like about a 10 minute availability where reporters were able to ask them questions about why they chose to do this. And they gave pretty, you know, standard responses like, you know, we're listening, we're learning. We thought this was a good idea to do. And, you know, we, we stand by our decision and all the players and, you know, we're rivals. All the players are here standing together in support. And then the Western Conference um, teams, it was a little bit different. So they did meet with the media and it was five players that stood in front of like that answered questions. And then there were a lot of players in the background um, with their mask on. Just like honestly, just it seemed like they were just standing as a unified front. The Western Conference was actually well, I won't say every every team did this, but I know the Canucks specifically um, streamed this on their Twitter account so that fans could would be able to have um, access to it and just watch. Um, whereas the Eastern Conference wasn't. Um, and then, you know, it was Ryan Reeves. Um, Jason Dickinson from the Stars, Ryan Reeves from the Golden Knights, Bo Horvat from the Canucks, Nazem Kadri from the um, Avalanche, and Pierre-Edouard Belmar from the Avalanche as well. And they all addressed the media, and um, yeah, it. I don't know, I, I hate to sound biased, I know I do, but uh, the Western Conference just seemed so much more... Uh, like a, a a unified front and you know maybe i'm just searching for positives but it just seemed more heartfelt in my opinion i don't know did you guys see any of that um i definitely agree like the difference between like the two conferences but um i I think it's because Nazem and Ryan Reeves are such big advocates for their teams and like the stars I guess they have Sagan and Dickinson who are like dipping their toes in so like they're able to get more support whereas like I don't think any of the eastern teams have a black player that I can like name I know the Bolts have Matthew Joseph but He's not. He's not. But um, I like can't have any. <laughs> I I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who's like a big contributor on any of those teams that is like a person of color or is even black. So like I think because they have more people of color in the West that you're able to feel that support more and they're big like people in the room. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I think I, I mean, I, I do completely agree. I just think that, you know, especially seeing the contrast between them, it made the East just feel really disingenuous. And I, I don't mean to, I mean, I don't want to give them too much credit because they don't deserve it. But like, you did hear, you know, I think um, Ryan Reeves even mentioned it, you know, people from the East did reach out to him and say, you know, hey, we want to help how can we do this which there is definitely some issues with that in in and of itself but it just it it did seem like the east was like just going through the motions and then 
you know, most of the real support was coming from the West. And, um, you know, I do think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they did have these such, you know, strong advocates, you know, so readily accessible to them. But yeah, it was a very, it was a very jarring, um, very jarring juxtaposition uh, of the two conferences. Yeah, it was. I, I completely agree. And Chrissy, you're right. And I just, I mean, obviously it just showcases like what a, like what it, the difference it makes when there's people of color in the room and what, what it looks like when it doesn't. And, you know, I, I, before we got like the players, um, you know, media availability, it felt very disingenuous to me. Like no matter what the NHL did, you know, it didn't seem like it was the players that wanted to protest because like we said, if they wanted to do that, they would have done it Wednesday night. And by not doing that, anything that they would have done afterwards just feels like catch up at this point. That's genuinely what the Eastern conference looked like. It was four guys that you're kind of just wondering, (laughs) okay, like that's it. Yeah, it just seems like they were forced to do that. And this is the person that had to do it. And watching the Western Conference, the the players of color there, like, they felt like they had someone that had their back. You know, like Ryan Reeves, again, he was hesitant about what he was going to do. And it took white players coming up to him and being like, hey, we like, what can we do to help and, and to be supportive in this? Like, what can we do? And like you said, Kelsey... That's not the best because, you know, uh, but it, it helped and he felt confident yeah. in pushing this and he felt like he had someone that had his back. And I was never like, I never really followed Nazem Kadri that heavily, especially when he was on the Leafs. But like, what a difference this kid like. I mean, I know it's obviously he's not a kid anymore. I was going to say this kid. He's like not a kid. <laughs> he's like a grown man. But you know, before he would skirt around the issue and now he's just so confident to talk about it and to say, no, it needs to be better. We need to do something. The NHL needs to do something. And, you know, I know a lot of people say it's because of his, like, his changing atmospheres. He's finally out of Toronto. Maybe he feels more confident, but like a part of me just thinks like the HDA. Yeah. Has, there's a lot of things that aren't like, they're not doing great at, but man, the, just the, the confidence it gives players of color is yeah. just like it's night and day. Like yeah, before, yeah. you would have never heard Nas talk about racism, and now you do. And it, I agree, but I, I guess like I'm already seeing, and fortunately not from a lot of places, but I am seeing people being like, "Well, Nas played on Wednesday," and I'm like, "Okay, like, did you want him to like single-handedly like?" stop these games from going on you know he's I just I don't think that you can put all that pressure onto one player and he's also learning himself like how to speak up and navigate like his new I don't want to say new role but like his new newfound confidence you know within the HDA and within the league and and his new voice like yeah you know like you speak up once and people continue to come back to you like yeah. just look at it from uh, like Tyler Sagan and uh, Jason Dickinson. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm not saying his name wrong. <laughs> but like, look at them. Like, you know, they did one thing, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, so what are you guys doing now? Like, what's this?" And like, you know, that's that's it. Could be disheartening it, when it's like 
you become known for just one thing. Yeah. Like, and, and it's a lot, it puts a lot of pressure on you too, because you know, no matter what happens with any player that speaks up, there's going to be criticism. And I think this is definitely a moment where I need to remind myself that no one's going to get it right all the time. You know, I don't get it right. I need to be understanding to the people who are trying because this is new for them. You know, this is new and they're going to make mistakes and I need to be patient and understanding to a degree. And so in this situation, I, I do, like, there's been fumblings, like, Jason Dickinson, like, he said, you know, we, me and Tyler, we we knelt and we tried to do this. And people were like, oh, you're Canadian. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. And, you know, a lot of the, or some of the NHL players are from Europe and they don't know what, what they're trying to take a stand against, right? And that, that comment run me the wrong, the wrong way because it's like, to me, you don't really have to know to know that it's bad and to know that it needs to stop. And again, it's been two months. So like this listening and learning, you obviously haven't been doing it because at this time you should be learning and at this, you should know what it's like and be, and to be able to understand what's happening or the history of it. Maybe not what it's like, but the history of it. But I need to remind myself that, like, he's trying and he's not going to always get it right. On one hand, he is doing something. So that's, like like I said, that's more than Claude Giroux did. I can see, like, I hate when, like, uh, mostly homogenous, like, when people are mostly the same. Like, countries like that, like, in Europe or whatever, they always use that as an excuse. And it's just, like... I'm like I'm sorry like American history is very global like at this point that sounds really bad but American history is pretty global like we all know about like did you guys not learn about slavery in Europe like is that not a thing but then I'm also just like so how are you guys using your time in the bubble like I understand that they're playing ping pong tournaments and stuff but a really good experience would be to watch like one of the one of the million Netflix documentaries on racism like you guys have a bunch of free time you guys play one game a day so it's just like during your pre-game meal you guys can't watch like when they see us or something like I feel like if they're really really invested in it they would find the time and the fact that they can use excuses like oh well I'm from Europe and we don't really have racism there like that's bullshit first of all and then second like if you were really learning then you would have learned more than what like what did you learn like what did you learn yeah I mean see I a part of me is like absolutely right but then another part of me is like the bubble or the NHL is just very white so I don't think that they would think to do that but like didn't wasn't there an announcement that they the NHL was like putting together like a committee on like inclusion and diversity? Wasn't that like one of the things they were doing? Yeah, you know, a few months ago. Yeah. Like, where is that? Because this would be a great time for them to be like helping the players listen and learn if they need help, and yeah. you know, helping to strategize and make changes. And it's just you yeah. really were doing nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, that to me, the NHL saying they're putting together a uh, a group like that is just like words. Y'all are grown men. Like yeah. <laughs> you guys are too old to like have ignorance as an excuse. Like the information 
is readily available. Like, if you want to seek it, understand that they are going to make mistakes when they try to, like, you know, because this is a very difficult thing to navigate through, but I feel like they're not even trying. And I think that's that's what frustrates me. Because I can handle Jason Dickinson, like, fumbling through a statement about, like, European players and not understanding racism, but I can't with, like, just being lackadaisical. Yeah, or, like, they were too busy napping. Like, you're not toddlers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, so you can do two things at once. Friday, um, a lot of, well, some players met with the media. And, and, like, just some of the comments were just the same things we heard two months ago. And I think that was... Like, I mean, to be honest, my emotions have been a roller coaster with this. Like, a part of me was just like, I don't want to give the players any credit because I feel like it was outside forces that forced them to do this. And then I heard some of their responses, namely, mostly the Western Conference. And I felt like, okay, maybe there are players there that really do care and they're trying. And then I saw like other players' comments on Friday. And it just, it brings you exactly back to two months ago or, you know, three months ago when this was happening. And it's just like, how much listening and learning do you need to do? Like what, like, you're not, you're like, you can't, there's no way you're studying that hard. You're just bullshitting me at this point. And like, you know, Wednesday it was test day and everyone fucking failed. Like, I don't care. Everyone failed. I just wonder like how many times do we have to go through this for this to sink in like it's been 400 years well not for the nhl players but it's been like every other month at this point so it's just like if again like say in two months or whatever another black person is shot by the police like i can't hear like i can't deal with oh well we're listening and learning, you know, like, we're just trying to navigate this, like, no, like, you guys, it's been twice now, like, you should have learned something, or you should have learned something to take a step, like, one step, just one, just one, like, I'm not asking you to solve racism, just move towards it a little bit. And that's the thing is that, like you said, I don't want to hear about listening and learning. I don't want to hear about I'm having the conversation and we're with my wife and we're going to make sure our son doesn't like, you know, isn't a part of the problem. It's like, well, but are you because you're barely like a part of the solution and something something that I um, something that I remember hearing from like a training that I did once was that when we talk to our children about like anti-racism or whatever like parents can say that to their kids and try to teach it as best that they can but then who are you friends with like if all of your friends are like the same as you you can't be like oh yeah I'm anti-racist but none of my friends are people of color so it's just like kids internalize way more than we think that they do so you can't just say yeah these people like they're really they're really um, doing really badly, but that's because of racism. Uh, 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 but then, like, what are, what are the actions that my parents are taking to try to alleviate that? So there was, I mean, obviously there were so many reporters that 
tweeted out their responses to this. But one that I have to, like, I think I watched it at least 10 times was um, a a TSN reporter, um, Kayla Gray. So she is, I'm sorry, she's an uh, announcer for Sports Sports Center and TSN. And she said, um, you know, she just spoke and was like, you know, the NHL is late and they decided to cancel or postpone their games in solidarity. But again, they're late. And she's saying like, you know, no matter what happens, like no matter who you are, nobody gets cookies for this. Nobody gets like a pat on the back. That's like, oh my gosh, great. Like you did that. Good job. Like this is it's like it's not work that can just be like oh well look we did that that's good right and then she was saying like you know now that they're at the party are they here to stay are they you know are they just here to get a few bonus points and then they leave like we should be critical of them because they were not here from the start and she was saying they the nhl has always been reactionary and you know in a time like this when you we need sports and we need people to be revolutionary and to take matters into their own hand and to step up and to lead. And the NHL has just always been content to follow if that, and, um, and uh, she continues to say a lot more uh, on it. And I'll link that in the show notes if anybody um, hasn't watched it or hasn't heard it. But I think that's so fair. You know, I, I think it is important to be critical of the NHL to see, is this just performatism? Because we, I mean, we, that's a a major thing right now. And that's something that the NHL, like, I I would not put it past them to be, like, you know, to their actions not to be genuine. Look at the league itself. So, you know, I, I just definitely think that we obviously need to keep putting the fire to the feet of the NHL and to hold them accountable because, this was nice, I guess, but still at the same time, so disappointing. Yeah. Like, think of how much more powerful it would have been if they had done it on Wednesday. Like, then it would have been no sports. Well, majority of all, like, the sports leagues aren't playing. Like, and they just missed that chance. Like, they just missed it. And it's just like, yeah, you you do it, like, a day later, but... It's not like it's not as genuine, yeah. in my opinion. Like I feel like you lo- you missed your chance, and you're trying to like be like, hey, look, we did it. But it's just like, no, it's a little too late. It is, it is, and you know, they're so. I just commend all of the like you know writers of color and players of color for really like stepping up on this because like. Honestly, I don't know if we would be talking about this, like them even postponing if like Evander DeCane didn't um, call out the white players that are in the bubble or Matt Dumba didn't call out the white players in the bubble. Um, It's just it's like pulling teeth with the NHL and like they have, you know, yes, I ideally want them to be, you know, more. um not adventurous, I more inspired, I guess, and more at the forefront. But, you know, even if they're not, they have this amazing roadmap made by, you know, the NBA and the mm-hmm. WNBA. Yeah. And that would have been so easy for them to, you know, follow in those footsteps and, you know, uh, cancel the games on Wednesday. 
you know, they don't they don't need to reinvent the wheel, though it would be great if they did, if they had new and exciting ways to, you know, promote social justice and um, their players of color and these important messages. But it's just, you know, you don't even have to do that. You can just support the other leagues, follow suit, you know, help come together to create, you know, these these changes and these discussions. You know, if you're so into listening and learning, you know, be be part of the conversation. Yeah. Or like be the kid in the group that like, you know, just follows with follows the leader and you'll you'll get the same grade. Like you, yeah. know, <laughs> you know, there's that always that one person kid in the group that does like 10% of the work and still gets an A. And like yeah. that's that's the crazy part is that it's like nobody's asking for new things would just want you to follow the other teams and you would have been fine. I I guess I'm kind of like I'm kind of wondering about something and I don't know how I feel about it. So say like the NBA players they were just like okay, whatever, we're not going to play and then the rest of the games are canceled, right? If the NHL then decided to postpone their games, like yes, it would have been better, but I feel like it's just so much, I just think that it's just so much more, like, inspiring if it's coming from the players, and in order to, like, really change people's minds or whatever, and to actually get them to feed into human rights, it has to come from them, like, it can't be forced on them, so I guess I kind of wonder, like, the effect of having the NHL postpone the games for for Jacob Blake instead of it coming from the players because yes the optics would look good but it would be like the NHL doing it instead of mm. it coming from the players and I yeah so I just kind of like wonder like yeah it really sucks that nobody in the NHL was like yeah let's with these other leagues but then I'm also just like if the NHL imposed this on players and they would have like resisted I feel and then it would have made them more hesitant to like look into it further because it's something that's being pushed on them and like when you push something on people like they don't react well uh, you know, I definitely see where your point and I, I do agree to an extent but I I think that like to me, if the NHL would have did something, that's the NHL trying, like, taking a step for change, mm-hmm. you know? Like, even if it, they're just doing it so they don't look bad. Because after, like, if they continue to do that and continue that, then these these initiatives just become second nature. And then the culture kind of changes. And if the NHL is forcing change, then all the other leagues follow suit because obviously all their players will Want, are going to follow what the NHL does because the NHL is where you're trying to end up. Um, and the players, like, yeah, they might not like, they might not like it, but they'll do it because why? The NA, the players do what the NHL wants. They always <laughs> do what the NHL wants. They don't revolt. The players are just like the NHL, yeah. like we're not going to play. And the players are like, okay, like you might get one person, but like oh, I really wanted to play, but how how often do you think a player is going to speak out like that? They barely um, speak up when the ice is shit. Like exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's like I get it. Like in that point, like I definitely do. Like it wouldn't be, it would be disingenuous. Like a, if to see the players not come for the players, but also like I'm thinking ahead in the future, and it's like 
while the NHL starts caring about this and starts trying to like change its league and be Mm -hmm. better, like it can only be better. It's only better for the future, right? Like the kids that come up will hopefully they'll have a better experience in the league. I mean, this might be kind of cynical of me, but I almost feel like if the NHL lets the players lead the way, the NHL can still kind of court racist fans because the NHL Mm -hmm. is like, well, we're not doing this, but our players are refusing to play. Our players are, you know, striking or boycotting. Um, So, like, our hands are tied. Like, I don't know what you want us to do. Yeah, that's that's exactly (laughs) what they're doing. And the the NHL always courts their racist fans. Like, that's the thing. They never want to go too far anyway because they want to keep, like, their fan base that is consistent. And a, a lot of that is the racist fans. I mean, I think it's also, like, they're, like, we shouldn't ignore the fact that the NHL has a lot of conservative players like not all of them are on board with this which is which makes sense because you have to be um, more affluent in order to afford to play hockey but I mean you just gotta get with it like I don't I don't know what to tell you but the NHL NHL is like there's nothing to get with I'm sorry and I, for one, think that those conservative players should be punched more often. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I wonder how many other Logan Couture's are in the NHL. <laughs> so many, but I feel like no, none of them say anything because they're just like... Like, he got attacked on Twitter in real life. Like, dude was switching up his um, tweets quick. If you don't know what happened with Logan Couture, I don't even know if we have the time to get into it, but... He showed his ass and got his ass handed to him. So it was an adventure. It was. Um, all right. So, any last thoughts? How does the NHL prevent this from happening again? When you diversify the people that are in the room, things like this don't happen. I mean, I, again, I hate to point it out again, but look at the East Western Conference versus the Eastern Conference. That's so clear. When you have people. When you have a diverse group making decisions and talking out, you can see more points of views. You know, I know the NHL won't. Like, this is going to happen again, and they're going to be behind again, and we'll have another episode again on it. Because that's just the NHL. They, they, it takes so much for them to learn from their mistakes. I would just say, like, read the room. You know, like we were saying earlier, we're not asking you to reinvent the wheel but like if you're the only major sports league playing that is continuing to have your games as scheduled like you might be in the wrong see but that's the thing is that the room has like all the same opinion yeah there's no (laughs) diversity in the room everyone's gonna just continue to make the same mistakes yeah i feel like okay well i think we're gonna end the episode here you know, obviously we're going to continue to keep the conversation going and it's frustrating, but we're still fans. <laughs> so with that, we want to thank everybody for listening. If you have any comments, questions, you can always reach us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Bye. Bye. <laughs>